listening to On The Road, Australia's number one weekly podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. Here to bring an independent voice to truckies right around Australia. On The Road is brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. And NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Well, welcome to show number 168. We're heading into the busy and insane Christmas period. We've had a bit of a bad week on the roads from a transport point of view. We've had a few of our colleagues have lost their lives, unfortunately, in accidents. All I can offer is our condolences from on the road media to all those who have been unfortunately impacted by these and other events. The trucking industry is a very unforgiving animal. Uh, from time to time and we all know that going in. Anyway, we've got a bit on. I wanted to have a quick chat about motor neurone disease. Now, NTI, our sponsors, have been building and raffling off cars for several years now to uh, raise money for motor neurone research. They've they've raised an impressive $580,000 which they've put into motor neurone disease research in a form of a grant to the University of Queensland. Dr. Rebecca Sangill will use that grant to continue her research into motor neurone, specifically looking at how they can do work to repair the damaged proteins and slow down the disease. It's a evil and vile thing that takes people's lives in a terrible way. NTI CEO Wayne Patterson lost his battle with the disease in 2019. Current NTI CEO Tony Clark said the motor neurone disease research funding was a cause the organisation would continue to support. Each day in Australia, two people die from motor neurone and another two are diagnosed. So they want to take a proactive approach to bettering the lives of MND sufferers and help fund research. The latest truck was a uh, COE 1950s Chevrolet truck, which was named Daphne and it was painted in hot lava orange it had been restored and modernized and made to look like it was you know really the part as we said five hundred and eighty thousand dollars raised with that vehicle when it was drawn at the nti supercar around at townsville earlier this year a bloke named peter rodney was lucky enough to have his name pulled from the hat i think it'd be said that motor neurone research in australia is in a much stronger position because nti and their continued support helps with that funding to try and find some answers and I'm proud to say that NTI has sponsored our podcast for, what, three years now. And um, it's great to be part of an organisation that cares so much about the community as a whole and transport in particular. Thank you very much, NTI. So this week on the show, we've got Bryce Sainty. He joins Andy for a bit of a chat and we play a couple of his songs. Paul Biagini is back in with the news. I hope you like what Paul's doing. I certainly do. He's been giving me a break and been able to focus on doing a few other things. Uh, I would like to be you know, doing more with this, but you know, with the uh, with the magazine and with driving and everything like that, it's it's hard to find the time. So thanks very much for Paul, who uh, is joining the team now. I think pretty much on a uh, a regular basis. Look forward to having him. He will be taking up a position with Trucking Life as a brand development manager, and uh, we look forward to working with him down the track. All right, let's get stuck into the show. On the Road News is proudly brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. Go to www.qr.com.au. Morning, Paul. Welcome back to the Sunshine State, mate. How was the Adelaide trip? I was going to call it a junket, but I thought I'd better not. <laughs> Adelaide trip was cut short due to a family emergency, Indy, but yeah. the short amount of time that I was there was good. Gee whiz, it's been a long time since I've been to Adelaide. I've forgotten what a lovely, pretty city it is. It's just clean and we stayed at the ridges on Adelaide Park. And mm. gee, Adelaide's got their act together with cleanliness and lack of litter. And uh, yeah, it was good. We had a catch up at the Adelaide Auto Expo during setup. There looks like there's going to be some fantastic cars. Mm. The weather was amazing. So very quickly, hats off to the Adelaide Airport for the refurb since I was there last. Adelaide Airport is an absolute pleasure to fly in and out of, as opposed to our debacle at the Brisbane Airport. 
as you know, I flicked you through some photos. Have to say a shout out to the owners and the staff at the Cowboy Country Bar called Shotgun Willies. Little hole in the wall bar in Adelaide that if you like country music, alt blues, alt country and a good whiskey, go and visit Shotgun Willies. It would be my dream to own an establishment like that, Andy. Mate, it looked like a nice place. Obviously, your experience has been of zero boredom in Adelaide. Yeah, we discussed this, didn't we? Mm. I'm not sure what that is all about, about Adelaide being boring, because we went into the hotel on Thursday night, or the bar, and it, it was cracking. We'll say that it was interesting, like on a Friday morning, we stayed, as I say, right in the CBD, and the traffic in Adelaide on a Friday morning was not unlike a Saturday afternoon in Brisbane. Mm. Being a country boy, I just don't see the negatives of that. Yeah, it's not crazy metropolis like Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane is. So I guess it's what you're looking for in life. But for me, I just, yeah, I thought, wow, this is really nice. Yeah. So well, we can officially say Miss Busted. Yeah, I did not see a negative in my short trip in Adelaide. Yeah, I had a great time. Good to hear. So, yeah. Well, I was thinking about it. We're a bit like the reverse of normal news programs here. We usually kick off with the weather. <laughs> so having said that, nice to see a bit of rain about, getting a bit greener out your way. Oh, fantastic here in the Mulgawi Valley. So we've had some fantastic falls, about 130 mil over the last 10 days. We've gone from brown and depressing to green and lush. Our rainwater tanks are full in the workshop and on the house. Mm. Uh, the dams have got some water in, the cattle are happy. And the best part on top of all that is we did have some bushfires sort of starting up to the southwest of us out towards the Warwick direction which is where the shocking 2019 fires started. Mm, mm. And this big deluge has just put them out. So it puts us, in our little corner of the world anyway, puts us in for a pretty good position for the upcoming bushfire season, which I'm very happy about. And great for the fireys. Those poor guys and girls this time of year must get a lump in their throat and a bit of adrenaline. I can't imagine what they go through when it's dry and hot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll go into summer now. We're still the heat and humidity, but everything beautiful and green. So, yeah, good news, Andy. Very much so. Yeah. Mm. Well, speaking of rain, I heard that it's law that you must drive with your headlights on when it's raining in Sweden, which I think is a great idea. Yeah. Only, how are we supposed to know if it's raining in Sweden? Correct. <laughs> boom, boom. Uh, I guess it's up to those worldwide weather apps, isn't it? There you go. You got me again this week, you cheeky bugger. Well, I found a Swedish meteorological website, so now I can check each morning. Yeah. Mind you, the website's been down for the past week, which made for a bit of a conundrum, lights on or not. But anyway, I opted to leave them on. I mean, even if it's not raining in Sweden. So, Andy. When you ride the Triumph during the day in fine weather, are you a headlight on or headlight off guy? Uh, Triumph's permanently headlight on, mate. Is it? Yep. Hardwired. Okay. Yep. It's a good thing. Is that by choice or by design? No, by design. Yep. But then it's out of the UK, so I think that's automatic over there anyway. But there we go. I'm the same with the car, mate. I drive with the headlights on regardless. There you go. Yep. All about safety. Yep. Nice to hear, Andy. Better to be safe than sorry. So, news we're not talking about this week, Paul. Cyber attacks at Australian ports, not going to talk about that. NatRoad calling on the federal government to decarbonise the trucking industry. We'll leave that one alone for now. Innovative world-first technology being used to assess the condition of South Australia's roads. I remember when we used to use our eyes to do that. Not going to talk about Kenworth extending its partnership with supercars or Iveco extending its partnership with MotoGP. And the final thing we won't talk about is the Volvo FMX electric truck set to join the Queensland Fire and Emergency Services. Mm. Yeah. On with the news. Bit to talk about this week, Andy. Well, it's that time of year where we get to talk about all the charity convoys going down. And this week's news that the Illawarra convoy held last week has raised a record of $2,850,000 for the Illawarra Community Foundation. I had to read that number twice, to be honest. I know. As Mike would say, it's huge. Isn't that an extraordinary amount of money? It is. So the convoy took place on November 19th, saw an amazing number, 779 trucks and 633 motorbikes. Mm. I'm sure a few of them would have been triumphed with headlights on. Bound to be. (laughs) Travelling through uh, the Illawarra coal region, which for those of us that 
don't know, is heavily relied on that whole coal region down there. Mm. The crowd as well turned out at the fun day at the airport with 17,000 people. So I'm going to put my hand up here and I trust I do not offend anyone. I wasn't even aware of the Illawarra convoy. Mm. And reading these numbers, I'm staggered. And once again, hats off, I'm tipping my hat to all involved. That is an amazing turnout of people, cars, bikes, and the money that has been raised is just extraordinary. We have to mention Menai Haulage. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yeah, Menai. Led the convoy with securing the lead truck spot with a winning bid of $300,001. Hooly dooly. So that is extraordinary. And once again, all that money raised goes to the Illawarra Community Foundation, mm. who will distribute those funds to local charities and families who are facing life-threatening and life-limiting illnesses. Very close to home this week, considering the week I've had. Mm. Extraordinary amount of money. Hats off to them. I would love to see some more photos from that event, so I'll no doubt trowel through the internet over the next couple of nights and have a bit of a look. Yeah, I'd love to see what that many vehicles together looks like, Andy. Yeah. Absolutely. Incredible. Truckies and bikers, mate, salt of the earth. Again, sometimes get the hard time in the mainstream media, but yet look what they come up. So, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Paul Main Roads in WA has set the hearts of road transport operators in the state all a flutter with the announcement that the all-new, all-singing, all-dancing Fitzroy River Bridge is set to reopen to all traffic on the 10th of December. All flutter. You know, those poor operators with that bridge out basically had to go via Port Augusta and Catherine to get up to that northwest, which was a journey of 12,000 kilometres. Yeah. So how's that for a detour? That's a detour. Only in Australia can we have detours like that. Mm. So the bridge is open. There was a stage there when they were doing up to 36 metres of that bridge in every eight days. Now, again, for those of us that haven't had the pleasure and the amazement of travelling that northwest, they've been building that bridge through a northwest Australia summer. I mean, winter and autumn up there is the most magical time of year, but spring and summer is just diabolical. Oh, yeah. So you've got to tip your hat to the contractors. That's an amazing feat to get that bridge built again in record time. And just goes to show you, it's amazing what can happen when contractors put their heads down, their bottoms up and get in and build it. So that's fantastic to see that bridge open again, open up the highway. Hopefully we won't see a one-in-100-year flood again like we did from that tropical cyclone line in January. Mm. But here we are, it's open, which will open up all the routes, make it easier for critical freight to travel. So, yeah, big news for the Northwest, absolutely. Happy days, yeah. Indeed. Now, in response to the National Transport Commission's Consultation Regulatory Impact Statement on Proposed Axle Mass and Dimension Reforms, the HVIA has called for increases to mass limits for Euro 4 vehicles to be treated separately on top of general productivity increases. Isn't that a mouthful? Yeah, I'm not sure I understood what I just said, but go on. I'm sure you'll explain it to me. Yeah, do you even know what that means? So basically, the next run of Euro trucks that come out of Europe, I guess with these cab-over European trucks and with all the pollution controls that are coming on them, the steer axles on these trucks, Andy, are just getting heavier and heavier and heavier mm. because the cab over trucks steal cabs with the European trucks that they don't construct them out of aluminium like a lot of American trucks do. So the steer weights on these European trucks, these cab over trucks, are, are extraordinary. In fact, I was talking to a good friend of mine who he's a national fleet coordinator for a very big fleet in Australia, and I was, I was discussing that with him a few months ago on my run into Brisbane back now, and then I'm starting to see blown steer tyres on the Warrego Highway, and that's something that I've never, ever seen in my history in the interest of trucks, but... Mm. He was talking to me about the downforce, the wind downforce on some of these Euro cab over trucks now. We're going through the steer tyre rating and the extraordinary steer weight that these trucks are bringing. So, look, they might be clean, very clean out of the exhaust and very safe in those steel cabs, and that's all wonderful. But the trade-off is they're putting immense pressure on steer tyre, steer wheels and, and axle weight. So, mm. again, I, I guess it's a new era we're coming into. We've got to look at... With one trade-off and one introduction, there's, there's a trade-off, isn't there? So to get these European trucks cleaner and greener, 
they're putting more weight on the road. So it'll be interesting. And again, what that will mean, more complexity in compliance. Yes. And isn't that just what the transport industry needs? Oh, absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, mate, Michael Caine and the TWU, which actually sounds like a 70s band, doesn't it? Welcome to the stage, Michael Caine and the TWU. TWU. Yeah, Michael Caine and the TWU is heading to Canberra across the Black Friday weekend to urge the federal government to pass transport reforms. Before I duck into that, Andy, (laughs) you're a worldly man. What is Black Friday weekend? I used to think Black Friday was just any Friday that was the 13th. Am I the only one in the world that doesn't know what this Black Friday is all about? Well, mate, I had a note down here to say, where did this Black Friday thing come from, Paul, do you know? So I'm clueless, I'm sorry. Without giving plugs for anyone, but I've noticed that all the super cheap ads for their Black Friday sales are saying for Black Friday, whatever it is, we have no idea. So I don't think we're the only ones. The retail industry certainly jumped on it. So, yeah, anyway, I guess perhaps uh, someone may even call in or flick us a, a note to say this is what it is. Black Friday and Cyber Monday and whatever, it's like, yeah, really? Uh, I, I can't go past happy hour at the local hotel. Happy hour works for me, yeah. $3 pots of beer. Mm. Never mind. The good old TWU, always in there fighting for the transport industry. Members from Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Adelaide, Perth and Darwin will converge on Canberra this weekend and, you know, good to see they're putting the members' money to good use and I'm sure they'll fly economy, not uh, business class. Of course. They arrived this weekend and, uh, yeah, they're going to converge on Canberra Mm. to urge the federal government to pass transport reform. As the convoy arrives, they're saying that transport business insolvencies have hit a five-year high. No surprise there. That's mm. all insolvencies and all businesses. I hate to give them the bad news. Imagine trying to own a retail store at the moment oh, yeah. and trying to survive. This year, the TW tell us the 48 transport workers have been uh, sadly lost their lives. So they're showing up in hundreds on Black Friday weekend to remind the parliament of the urgency of reform and unity behind it. So they've got all major gig companies on board mm. and the entire transport industry has backed this reform. We need Parliament to do the same thing so we can save lives on our roads, Michael Caine stated. Mm. 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 Let's see if that makes any positive changes, Andy, shall we? Any breaking news you've got for us? Breaking news, yes. Well, the Grattan Institute. So I urge uh, any of our listeners, if and when they have a little bit of spare time, is to check out the Grattan Institute. They're a fascinating uh, think tank. My understanding is they're federally funded and they, they look into statistics. They're not a big fan of statistics. In India, I love, I love numbers and facts, you know, mm. world's longest ocean liner, world's tallest building, world's hairiest goat. <laughs> you know, it's, it's always a fascinating thing. I mean, Millie loves to read statistics on, you know, the world's fattest goat, hairiest goat. So... The Grattan Institute has released a report into uh, rural roads. So they're saying that it's not just the trucking industry in Australia which has been telling the government we need to fix our rural roads. Mm. There is now an official report that has been released by the Grattan Institute saying exactly what the trucking industry has been saying for all of these decades. That is, the rural roads in Australia are just not up to the job. So... Guess what, politicians and governments, it's not just us transport industry people now, it's a think tank that is coming up. Mm. We as an industry know these roads hold back freight productivity and limit efficiency through the lack of improvements, but the rural roads are just shocking. The report tells us that 75% of Australia's roads are managed by local councils. Mm. And the report also points out the low funding level is at historic lows from federal and state trickling down to the local government level, which then, of course, leads to depleting rural roads. The report estimates that $1 billion is needed next year just to keep the rural roads in the same dilapidated state they are today. So that's with no improvements. That's just to maintain the wreck that's out there, $1 billion. Petty cash. And let's face it, the Grattan Institute are saying there's nowhere near a billion dollars is going to be spent. Mm. So therefore, by the end of 2024, the rural roads that we know them as today are going to be in worse condition than they are today, which is just not good enough. Veritable goat tracks, mate. Absolutely. Where does our money go, Andy? Where does our taxpaying money go? 
the Grattan Institute have confirmed it's not going into our rural roads. Mm. Not good enough. One other item of breaking news as such, despite rumours that it may be rained out, the Castle Main Truck Show is set to be held this weekend. Paul, now, as we're recording the news prior to the show, and this episode comes out after the show, guys, you're going to have to stay tuned to next week's On The Road News for a full report on what may or may not have happened. Yes, Saturday and Sunday, hmm. Castle Main Rotary Truck Show. It is a very large show with a you know, great uh, reputation, but the weather's looking a bit dicey down there, Andy. It is indeed. Well, thought for the week for you, Paul. I've actually rounded up two this week because one I think is quite thought-provoking and the other one just amused me. So your first one is some people dance in the rain, others just get wet. Mm-hmm. Yep, okay. Yeah, I think that's quite true. The other one, which I must admit appealed to me, and I can't find who actually said it originally, but their quote is that the mother-in-law came around last week, it was absolutely pouring down rain, so I opened the door and said, Mother, don't just stand there in the rain, go home. (laughs) And that worked for me quite well. And on that one, Billy says, that's my thought for the week and mine and Billy's Andy. (laughs) That's what you think a mother-in-law has done to Billy. Absolutely, darling. Well, I'm blessed. Mine's in Northern Ireland, and I'm thinking probably, more likely than not, is not listening. So I'm safe to this point. Well, mine's actually on her way down to the farm here and will arrive tomorrow morning. But luckily, she doesn't listen to podcasts. (laughs) You hope. (laughs) All right, mate. Well, have a good one. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. And once again, safe travels to all the listeners that are out there, and may their families at home be safe. Safe return home. Everyone, please. Absolutely. Cheers, bud. See you, mate. On the Road News is proudly brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. Go to www.qr.com.au. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. G'day, it's Andy here once again with another great Aussie music artist to introduce to you. Spotify deemed him to be an artist to watch with over three and a half million streams of his songs on their music platform alone. He hit the scene in 2020 with the song Do You Remember and since then has worked alongside the Wolf Brothers, Andrew Farris from In Excess, Tim Friedman from The Whitlams and Rod McCormack to name a few. Born, raised and still residing on the New South Wales coast, He's been a surf lifesaver for 15 years and it's little wonder so much of his music evokes images of surf, sand and fun in the sun. Now after spending the second half of 2022 writing and recording new music, he's just released a brand new single from his Chillin EP, appropriately titled Coast, a song he co-wrote with Melanie Dyer which has been described as a love song set to the timeless backdrop of the Australian summer. Taking a quick break from his students and his other job as a school teacher, joining us today on the road is Mr. Bryce Sainty. G'day, Bryce. Thanks for finding a few precious spare moments to come and join us on the road. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. Mate, I believe as we speak, it's morning recess time at school or little lunch, as it used to be called in my day. And you're catching a quick break before heading back into the fray. Yeah, that's pretty much how it is. I've got myself tucked away in the classroom and hopefully no craziness comes through the door. I remember recess well, though I was never much good at it. I excelled in plasticine and milk, though. (laughs) You're a coastal kind of guy, Bryce, and rumour has it that beyond your music and teaching careers, you've been a surf lifesaver over a bunch of years too. Yeah, 
Yeah, so I've been a surf lifesaver pretty much my whole life. My parents got me into that when I was super young, and I've just kind of stuck with it ever since. I really love it. It's just something like totally different to the music and everything else that I do, and it kind of gives me a chance to give back to the community, and uh, yeah, I just really enjoy it. Well, the beach and the sun is obviously deeply entrenched in who you are, mate, and this shines through so much of your music, none more so than your brand new single called Coast. What's the story behind the song? How did it all come together? Yeah, so Coast, I, I grew up on the central coast, that's where I live right now, so for me, I really wanted to write a song about that and about the experience that I kind of had as a teenager, and then in my early 20s, kind of growing up in a small coastal town, and so we kind of had a bit of a play on words, like as for sort of coasting through a relationship, but it's really about, you know, what an awesome summer can be like in a small coastal town like this one, and hopefully people enjoy it and can kind of resonate with it. Whether or not they've been on a summer holiday or something like that, that's what's really kind of the whole vibe and the gist of the song. Yeah, it's great, and it works for me. I'm a born and bred Gosford boy myself. Yeah, nice and close. <laughs> now, you've come off an extensive tour last year playing alongside the Wolf Brothers. That must have been a hoot. Those guys know how to have fun. <laughs> and Coast is your third single release this year. You've been very, very busy. Yeah, so I try to stay as busy as I possibly can. I just... I just love music, love releasing music, love being out playing, so I try and do it as, as often as and as much as I can. And I've been really fortunate to have a really great team and a great reception around my music, which has allowed me to continue to do it, which is fantastic. And hopefully people keep enjoying the music I put out and I can keep being lucky enough to keep doing this. Yeah, for sure. Well, obviously we're getting ever closer to that huge celebration of Aussie country music, affectionately known as simply Tamworth. I expect we'll be seeing a fair bit of you at the festival in January. Yeah, so I'm really excited for Tamworth this year. I've been many times before, but this is my first time putting on my own headline show. So I'm really excited for that. Oh, great. Hopefully we can sell some tickets and people will come along. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to playing all the new music and some of my old stuff as well. Yeah, no doubt about that. You've got a couple of other shows leading up to Christmas too, I believe. Yes, I'm going to be on cruising country on, in a couple of weeks' time, so really looking forward to I that. I so want to go on that cruise. Oh, I've never been on a cruise before. Everyone's told me some amazing stories about it, so I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. I couldn't think like a better way to spend the end of the year than going out and playing country music on a cruise. So, yeah, I'm really, really excited. I think it's going to be a great time. Oh, for sure. I don't think life gets much better than that, to be honest. Bryce, where do we go to find out more about you and your music, upcoming shows, all that sort of stuff? So you can check me out on all the social medias, and I've also got a website as well. You just simply type in my name, Bryce, and the Sainty, which is just the word Saint with a Y on the end, and, mm -hmm. and I'm on all the social medias there, the streaming services, the websites, all those things, and yeah, you can find all the information about all those things on there. Our special guest this week has been Bryce Sainty. Bryce needs to get back to his Hungry for Education students. <laughs> Mate, thanks for finding a few spare moments in your hectic day to come and play on the road with us. No worries. Thank you so much for having me and supporting my music. It really does mean a lot. And yeah, hopefully we can catch up again soon. We will, if not before, at Tamworth for sure. Now it's time to have a listen to your hot new single, mate. Would you please introduce it for us? Yeah, thanks again for having me. I'm Bryce Sainty and this is my brand new single. It's called Coast. Cheers, Bryce. Take care, mate. I used to burn myself to the ground was always running, kept missing out Always wondered what everyone was talking about Those ocean nights, wind in your head Broke down my walls when you took my hand Not a cloud inside, now my sky is bright I'm with you, with you The sun's beaming out in this old two-lane town since you've been around Your sundress in a shotgun seat Wearing wayfarers in your dashboard feet Going full throttle Now my heart's beating out of my chest you Got me wishing that the summer would never end Cruising now since low sunset low Rolling down the road Let's coast We pull on in As the tide goes out The fading light Getting better by the hour Laying under the stars Hold you in my arms for the night Holding out for daylight When the sun's beaming out In this old two-lane town Here waves are crashing 
since you've been around Your sundress in a shotgun seat Wearing wayfarers in your dashboard feet Going full throttle, now my heart's beating out of my chest Got me wishing that the summer would never end Cruising nice and slow, sunset and low Make these memories last a little longer before we hold out for another summer. While the sun's beaming out in this old two-lane town, heat waves are crashing since you've been around. Your sundress in my shotgun seat, wearing wayfarers and your dashboard feet going full throttle. Now my heart's beating out in my chest. Got me wishing that the summer would never end. Cruising nice and slow. Sunset and low, rolling down the road. Turn up the radio, we're going with the flow. We're never letting go. Let's coast. Coast, let's coast. Coast, let's coast. Got you go. Mate, we're coming up that level crossing we were talking about before. Looks like we're going to be stopping. Roger that. Look at the size of that thing. They tell me they take about two k's to stop. That's like 20 times the length of the MCG. We'd want to be playing chicken with that. Yeah, copy that. They can't exactly swerve either, can they? They're stuck to the tracks, mate. <laughs> it's not that hard to wait till it's safe to cross and make sure the road's clear on the other side. Yeah, not like that bloke last week who forgot about the length of his trailer. Yeah, I heard about that one. It's not really funny, though, when you think about it. Poor old train driver. Probably been having nightmares ever since. Yeah, I reckon. We're all in the same boat, really, mate. Everyone just wants to get home safe at the end of the day. Yeah, not wrong on that one. There goes the last carriage. Looks like we're safe to head off now. Thanks, Mike. Long way to go. After you, old mate. This is a message from Queensland Rail reminding us that it's important to stay alert and obey any signs and signals when approaching level crossings to help keep you and everyone else safe. For more information, go to www.qr.com.au. Alright, well, Bob said to me that he wasn't going to talk about this closing the loopholes bill anymore. And we said, OK, fine, we won't talk about the closing the loopholes bill. But there is a bill that's gone through the parliament, which is very interesting and we probably need to talk about. And it is about contract law. So Bob's all over that. Bob, welcome to the show. How are you, mate? I'm <laughs> well, thanks, Mike. Thank you for welcoming me. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, welcome to the show, mate. How are you? Yeah, I, I'm not sure that I'm all over this, but uh, I did I did spot it in the media and uh, it's got me interested, I've got to tell you. Well, you pointed it out to me and you said, you know, sometimes uh, there are other pieces of legislation that could be used if this closing the loopholes thing doesn't get up uh, to, to try and sort of rectify some of the hardships with the crook contracts. Now... Yeah, well, one, one, if it doesn't get up, and two, uh, uh, probably uh, as an alternative to it getting up in a way, because mm. uh, um, you know there's there's always there's more than one way to skin a cat, they say. So they do. Uh, there was always more than one way to dodge the scarlies when I was on the road, mate. So uh, I don't know if that's helpful or not. No, but you anyway. can still you can still do that. You can. Still yeah, do yeah. That. Oh, apparently they do. Yeah. yeah. I'm, well, yeah. you know, I'm uh, I'm sort of. Semi-retired now. I'm just, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah it, um, it quite surprised me. I saw a press release on, um, or a news item, I suppose, on on the 13th of November, and uh, I just, uh, I, I just couldn't believe what I was reading. Mm. But it said there was an a, 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 an occasion to celebrate what is arguably the Albanese government's greatest domestic policy achievement. The ban on unfair small business contracts. Yes. Yep. And I thought, where the bloody hell's it? Pardon the French. Where's the hell's this coming from? And anyway, uh, 
the 13th of November, it says the legislation actually came into force late last week. So Australia now starts the full week of the operate the first full week of the operation. Yep. Millions of contracts will need to be rewritten when they expire. Why that is, I'm not sure. And the rules for new contracts change dramatically. Now, it goes on and on about delinquent large corporation corporations and their their, their old practices, and all, we all know about that stuff. Yep. And then uh, it, it gives a bit of a uh, list, I suppose, of, of uh, the things it can achieve. But the whole thing is, why haven't we heard about this? You know, why is it take? You know, I, I just spotted this news item quite by accident. Yeah. Uh, I haven't heard anything about it on any mainstream media other than this one news publication. Uh, there's been, you know, the, the, the government hasn't been blowing its own trumpet about it and they usually can't wait to get the trumpet out of the case. Yeah. So, uh, you know, why is it being kept so bloody quiet? And the whole thing is when you have a good look at it, man, oh, man, we've got all these you know, the TWU and the NRFA and, and that road and, and all the state RTAs and everything else all sort of jumping up and down and sitting on their hands and now they're going to do another lot of choreography next weekend about with all the, you know, the who's who of what's wrong with the industry parading up and down the streets of capital cities. Like, what's that going to gain us? And uh, here we are. We've got this new act that the, that the government should be blowing their trumpet about in a way, I think, and everyone's ignorant of it for some reason. And all it would take is all those industry bodies like the TWU and all the crew to say, well, hey, how about we put an advisory committee together and use this legislation? We could sort all these bloody loopholes out. Mm. That's my take on it. I might be oversimplifying it, but I don't think I am, Mike. Well, I don't know that you are. I mean, under this Act, small businesses that have up to 100 full or part-time employees, which That's right. including casual workers, or less than a $10 million turnover, there's no limit on the value of the contract. So That's exactly right. So, you know, every time you enter into, a, into an agreement with someone to cart their freight, it's a contract. Well, it doesn't matter whether it's a written contract, a verbal contract, or an implied contract. Mm. Contractual law applies to all of those things. This legislation probably allows for some form of remedies, and in essence, it's to protect the rights held by large corporations, and they should be matched with similar rights for small enterprises. Yeah, well, why else is this this journalist, and you know, and he's a pretty well-known journalist, and I don't always agree with him, but anyway. Why is he saying millions of contracts will need to be written when they expire and the rules for new contracts change dramatically? Well, a verbal contract or, a, or an implied contract for a load from Sydney to Melbourne or Melbourne to Sydney or Calathampia to Wheelabarabak, yeah. uh, they, they expire the minute you got the job done. Or even up a come back to West. Yeah, exactly. And when you have a look at the stipulations, you think, well, this is just so usable to close a lot of these loopholes and this bloody Senate committee can go and do what they like. Yeah, well, we just look at the points. I suppose the best way to clarify what we're talking about is to, is to work through these four main points. That's exactly right, yes. The new law has a series of, of stipulations which make it clear a contract is unfair. If it gives one party, but not the other, the ability to, firstly, avoid or limit the performance of the contract, terminate the contract, apply penalties against the other party for a breach or a termination of the contract, vary the terms of the contract, or renew or not renew the contract. In essence, say for the hell of it, I put on a load for you know XYZ company and I take it to the place where it says on the paperwork and then you get there and they say, oh no, you were supposed to take it to ABCDE place. Yeah. And that's a variation of the contract. That's not what you signed up for. It is. And therefore, there's got to be a remedy for you in that. Now, I've actually had that happen to me in real life. I took a load of uh, stuff up to Roma to a lay-down yard for a large uh, mining contract supply company. Yeah. And uh, they said, oh, no, that's got to go out to the rig. Now, the rig was 180 kilometres away. And they didn't want to pay any extra. And they didn't want to pay any extra. But they wanted me to run a road train out to a rig and back it's a, day, it's a day's work, basically. Yeah, exactly. Plus all the expense of doing it. Free of charge. For free. 
right? Yeah. Well, you would have been you would have been covered under that that uh, stipulation, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah. Well, I was covered under my stipulation. I told them to take you <laughs> off right there too. Yeah. Well. Yeah, but yeah. not everyone's in a position to say no when they should. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, maybe they should be. But anyway, let's put it this other, way: I didn't cart a lot of stuff yeah. for them after that. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, yeah, that's right. They get on the cancel this quick. This, the second stipulation is is pretty important, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Bury the price payable without the right of the other party to terminate the contract. Yeah, that's when they just change the rates. I've had that yeah, happen to me too. Right. Well, how many times? How many times have uh, over the years have we arrived at the markets with a load of melons or a load of spuds, and the uh, the agent said, "Oh no, I didn't agree to pay that much." Yeah. And uh, you know all sorts of dramas can can happen there. And you're already there. Yeah, that's right. You've already done the job. The, the job's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've got to go over a barrel. They think you're more desperate than they are. But yeah. Anyway. And the other part about that is, what power do you have to to respond? You don't. No, you didn't net until now, but under this act, you do. And why isn't everyone talking about it, Mark? Well, that's what I don't understand. I don't either. I can't understand why it's it's the best kept secret in town. Yeah, well, the next stipulation is to unilaterally vary the characteristics of the goods or services to be supplied, unilaterally determine a breach or interpretation of the contract. So this would apply specifically, I, I think, and a great place for this to apply would be where they apply penalties to you for being late. Exactly. Or, or yeah. missing a time slot. Yeah, or, or promise pay you in 30 days and take 90. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, yeah sure. and to vary the characteristics of the goods or the services to be supplied, yeah. where they want you, you know, turn up with a, a B-double and they want to stick an extra 10 pallets on top or or so, something like that, you know. Uh, I mean, we're always getting... Well, even, even if they, like the characteristics, even if they say to you, well, you know, this will be, le- you know, we want you to do this job legally, and then when you get the load on, they ask you to do it illegally. Yes, yeah. Varying the characteristics, I should imagine. Yeah, no, you'll be down there at first, you'll be down there first thing in the morning, won't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. You drive all night, but get plenty of sleep, won't you? That's right, yeah, you know, you'll be yeah, down there right. first thing in the morning. Yeah, and, no, uh, yeah, yeah. Which morning? Which morning? Because you, you, <laughs> you bust your guts to get there and you say to the bloke on the fork, oh, yeah, we, you were waiting for this. Yeah, 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 mate, yeah, we're waiting for it. Just park over there. Yeah, yeah, we'll you get round here later. That's right. Well, we've got to do yeah. our local trucks first. Yeah, yeah. Don't you love that? Going on what they're saying about, you know, millions of contracts uh, will need to be written and delinquent large corporations that continue with their old practices face many billions in fines. Well, you know, let's see this put into practice. Now, I just believe this is probably much more of a usable uh, tool to yeah. the industry than all the other stuff that we're waiting on the Senate committee to talk about. Yeah, well, I think the last one's probably the most interesting point. I agree. And that's limit one party's vicarious liability for its agents and permit one party to assign the contract to the other party's detriment. Yeah, well, welcome to the real world loading boards. Yeah. Digital freight agents. Yeah. <laughs> what a show. What a show. That would sort of fuel yeah. me out, I think, wouldn't it? Oh, mate. You know, like, um, yeah, if they're not scared, they better start getting that way. Yeah. So this bill has passed into law and it's actually in place right now. It is, yes. It was passed for uh, late last week. So, so if you're saying the 13th of November, that was Monday, uh, 12, 11, it must have been um, the 9th or the 10th of November. Somewhere around about there. We could Google that, but there's no need. No. So, so here, we have, here we have all we need, and nobody knows about it. But anyway, you and I are going to tell everyone about it. I'm really pleased that you uh, you see the importance of it all because I certainly do. Yeah, well, it, it's it's one of these things that we really sort of should look at the laws as they exist now. I, I Unfortunately, I'm of the belief that this closing the loopholes bill is going to fall over. Well, I'm of the belief that it's, it, 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 it possibly will. Yeah. And uh, I'm of the belief that it's reached the situation it's at for all the wrong reasons. Yes. And if ever I wrote a book, 
that's the title of the book. Yeah. For all the wrong reasons, because yeah. um, it just beggars belief that so much goes on that should never happen. So here we are. This is staring us in the face. Mm. And it took a burnt out old retired truck driver and a editor of a magazine to track it down and say, well, what about this, folks? I think we need to have a bit of a think about it and uh, perhaps uh, make sure that the, the people who are on the front line understand what's going on and mm. that this law is there, you know, that can be used. How useful would it be if, if, if this United Industry Group, and I'm not sure just how united they are, but they seem to be, uh, if they all said, well, hang about, why don't we just put together an advisory committee and just say, put some guidelines I reckon they could even, uh, you know, and it may need an amendment or two, an amendment or two in Parliament, which wouldn't be difficult. Why don't we um, take into account the awards and, and and running costs, and link those things in, you know, and and say, well, here we are. Here's a simple, much simpler way than waiting for the Senate committee to make up its mind. It's crossed my mind of all the industry uh, representative groups we've got. The largest one, every state has got uh, at least one. Uh, so-called peak body. Yes. Uh, there is, of course, the ATA, who yes. represent a, a lot of a lot of uh, people. Yes. And I, I'm fairly sure if we spoke to uh, Matt Munro about this, he might be pleasantly surprised to see that there's a way through all of this. I'd love I'd love to hear his reaction. I would too. The fact is, though, Bob, yeah. that do we need to have a, a government body to review transport contracts? Why couldn't we have an industry body? Well, that's what I'm saying. Made up of, of people within the industry. Yeah, yeah just put uh, together put together a contractual steering committee. Yeah. And, and uh, guide, people, guide people through it. And you could even have representatives from each of the state transport groups. Well, you know, like you, you think of people, all, all the people in charge of the state uh, road transport associations or trucking associations, whatever they're calling them now, mm. um, they're all good people. Yeah, well, they all know what's fair and what's not. They do, yeah, yeah. And I and I don't think it needs I don't think it needs a bunch of lawyers in a courtroom to decide what's fair and what's not. No, it, it does not. Mm. It, it, if you know if these, as as the press release says, if these million contracts will need to be rewritten, mm. well, uh, let's help them rewrite them. Yeah. Well, the other part about it is let's have some determinations made the by first, people that know what's going on. The first thing we could get rid of is is negative fuel levies, <laughs> and the second thing the second thing we could get off get rid of is fuel levies at all. Mm-hmm. If we if we could uh, uh, you know um, link in uh, reasonable running costs and 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 have them as have the you know like have them as a uh, a basis for what's fair and unfair. Yeah, well, we all know we all know that that's uh, that, that that might be a bit of a fantasy, Bob. I think you might be. Well, I think it's not. A, I don't think it's a fantasy. I think it's entirely up to the industry to grab this by the scruff of the neck and use it to its own advantage. And if we need a couple of amendments to uh, you know to 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 recognise awards and to recognise. The costs of operation as as uh, as being the basis of fair reward for effort, which is important. I don't I don't see a problem with it at all. But it you know it's it's a matter of what sort of a team the industry puts together and uh, and how they run how they run with it, mate. Mm. Anyway, that's it. That's uh, probably something that's very interesting to talk about and something certainly worth thinking about. I agree, and uh, I hope that uh, those of you who are listening to what Bob and I have said, however imperfectly, get the idea that there's more than one way to skin the cat, as we said. Thanks for joining me on the show again, Bob, and uh, we'll look forward to having me, Mike. Hope I made some sense to the listeners. (laughs) You usually do. Right. (laughs) Right, mate. We'll catch up with you later on. Yeah, good night. Take care. Bye. Back with another song to take us out of this week's show. Here's our guest artist once more, Bryce Sainty, with This Summer's The One. Turn up the heat like we're chasing the sun I got a feeling this summer's the one Something's coming 
Rolling like the ocean Sound of freedom Kicking into motion Don't you wanna ride on the wave Baby, we got no time to waste We'll go coast to coast Let the wheels hit the highway We'll ride, baby, ride Like there's nothing in our way We'll turn up the heat Like we're chasing the sun And I got a feeling This summer's the one We could make this Moment last forever Be the greatest Days that we remember Just hold on and see where it leads We're making history We'll go coast to coast Let the wheels hit the highway We'll ride, baby, ride Like there's nothing in our way We'll turn up the heat Like we're chasing the sun Brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. And NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Until next week, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. Bye-bye. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions.